The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning to all of my listeners in the United States and around the world. This is Good Morning New York. I'm Vince Rocco, your host, and we are coming to you live from New York City. You know, as I comment every week about the weather, we went from one degree the other day to going to be 55 degrees today. So you want to know sometimes why people are cranky or don't know what to wear. Go figure. And it's going to rain like cats and dogs, as they used to say. My guests today are Dennis Codrington and Maria Calenta. Physical fitness and the real estate agent are, are, is our topic for the day. Why is it important for an agent or anyone to stay in shape? Will they perform better? We will find out shortly later. Our roundtable with my panel of agents will be here to discuss hot topics. But first, let's get to some news items. An impeccably designed four-bedroom triplex condominium in a 26-foot-wide mansion overlooking Gramercy Park is about to enter the market for $16.25 million. The sale price of the unit at 22 Gramercy Park South includes a coveted key to the park and a separate one-bedroom apartment on the ground floor with a rent-stabilized tenant in place. The monthly carrying charges for both units, which include roughly 1,000 square feet of private outdoor space across multiple balconies and landscape decks, are, is $11,871 a month. That is monthly maintenance. Unbelievable. This is a rare opportunity to own an exclusive townhouse on Gramercy Park South with a perfect view of the park and with a quality of finish, which is almost impossible to find downtown, said the listing broker Michael Graves from Douglas Elliman. It's a townhouse living in a condo offered in a way that is absolutely turnkey. Uh, A slew of high-end, high-profile rental buildings are poised to open across Manhattan and Brooklyn this year, adding more than 8,000 units at a pace not seen in years, and in the process, redefining the rental housing market in the city or what it can be. Many of these new rental buildings are large, tall, and unusually shaped. Some are in untested residential areas, which might explain their devotion to lavishly entertaining their occupants by piling on the amenities both indoors and out. Soon-to-be-completed examples include Via West 57th Street uh, on an industrial edge of Manhattan's west side, 461 Dean Street by the Barclays Center at the uh, Vanderbilt Yards in Brooklyn, and 365 Bond Street on the banks of the Gowanus Canal. Prices, too, are lofty, with studios in some of the buildings renting for about $5,000 a month. That is soon to be seen. One of the founders of the asset management company BlackRock sold his fully renovated apartment at the White Glove Co-op 101 Central Park West for over $35 million, a transaction that was the most expensive sale of the week, according to City Records. Keith Anderson, along with seven others, started BlackRock in 1988 and also once served as the chief investment officer for the hedge fund billionaire George Soros. 
He and his wife, Peggy Anderson, initially wanted $42 million for that co-op, number 9 BC, when they po- uh, placed it on the market in early 2015. With no takers, they lowered the asking price to $38 million last fall. The couple purchased the apartment for $12.21 million in November of 2003, according to City Realty, and spent the next several years on renovations and upgrades. This apartment is 14 rooms with monthly maintenance totaling $14,057. It's midway up the 18-story limestone and brick building between 70th and 71st Street on Central Park West, designed by Schwartz and Gross and completed around 1930. Chris Noth, still uh, otherwise known as Mr. Big from Sex and the City, even though that show ended in 2004, has been spotted looking at two- and three-bedroom apartments at the Sorting House. That's the spot at 318 West 52nd Street, where new luxury condos are being built on top of a working post office. One unit North eyed was a penthouse, penthouse D, at $2.8 million. It's three bedrooms, two bathrooms, and it measures 1,409 square feet and comes private um, roof patio. That's, that's something to be seen also, building on top of an existing post office. Anyway, hard times have hit the apartment flipping market, but speculators are still making a mint. New York's real estate game is so hot that condo investors are still seeing massive profits on apartment flipping, even though the rate of return in 2015 dropped by half from the year before. According to Crane's New York business, the average quick turnaround deal netted a 30% profit two years ago, but in 2015 it was only 15%. Although the news was greeted with alarm by New York's uh, real estate professionals, it was still more than double the rate of return of other investments, such as the stock market, which had a 6% return in 2015. Uh, Facebook co-founder and New Republic owner Chris Hughes and husband Sean Eldridge bought uh, recently $23.5 million West Village townhouse. The landmark property at 157 West 12th Street even comes with an underground tunnel that connects it to a carriage house. The place comes with a screening room and well-stocked wine cellar, of course. The carriage house can be used as a guest house or a studio. Hughes and Eldridge bought the mansion in an off-market deal from Michael Stewart, who works for UBS in Zurich. His broker from Brown Harris Stevens did not return calls. Stewart uh, bought the house for $3.4 million in 2004. Interesting profit. And finally, if you didn't catch the Grammy Awards last night, a big shout out to Megan Trainer, who won Best New Artist, Taylor Swift, of course, Album of the Year, and Bruno Mars, Mars a double hit uh, for the record Uptown Funk, won Best Pop Group Performance and the Record of the Year. Congratulations to all those winners last night. It was a great show, and it usually uh, is. Anyway, so moving on to our topic, physical fitness seems to be the talk of the day everywhere you go. All around, you people are constantly talking about healthy foods, good gyms and fitness centers, and the newest trends in physical fitness. Truly, there is something rational behind all of this hype, the importance of keeping good health and a good body because a sound body leads to a sound mind. Being physically fit does not come easy, and it does not mean being slim or appearing to be slim is the only answer, but physically fit means having minimal fat on your body and healthier muscles. So strive for a healthy lifestyle, not an unhealthy one, just because you want to look skinny. 
Isn't that something? We're going to talk about that. You may think that physical fitness and all that it represents today is superficial, but there is a lot more to it. My guests today, as I said earlier, are Dennis and Maria, and they are both elite trainers at one of the biggest gyms in the fitness industry here in New York City. Dennis's background is football and track. Maria comes from tennis and dance. They're both strong first certified kettlebell instructors. Wow, I said that all right. And thoroughly first in loaded movement training, strength and conditioning, body weight principles, weight loss and fat loss. They both also hold certifications with Precision Nutrition and they are uh, featured in uh, a couple of videos that we're going to talk about later on as we go through our discussion. Welcome guys. Good morning. Good morning, Vince. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So exciting. So, you know, listen, I, I try to be physically fit and I try to do what I need to do through, you know, the many years of living here in New York City. And the reason I wanted to bring this up today is because, you know, at least in our profession in real estate, we're running around all day long and people say moving is good and moving is good but you got to do it in a way that makes sense for you and for your body to, to stay in shape and to be more healthy of mind and, and soul so I wanted to ask you guys you know for example, let me just read you this. An agent, this is just a hypothetical situation. An agent was so focused on building his or her business when they started real estate career, say in 2005, they neglected to take time to take care of themselves. So to accommodate the long hours and hectic pace of the job, they would snack on, you know, junk food, making meals out of things like fresh baked cookies or anything that they can grab quick on the run. And I mean, so many people do that in all professions. The uh, this person's weight eventually climbed over 200 pounds, and that's when they knew they needed to make a change. How often do you see this in your business when new clients come in to the gym and they give you, you know, their their story of, well, this is my life. I know there's something wrong. Help me fix it. How many? How often do you actually see this? Well, boy, Vince, we see this a lot. Actually, you know, I see it with my family. I see it with my clients. I see it with Maria's clients. Um, and the reason this happens is we take on so much responsibilities. Um, and in and, and this pursuit of, of wealth and, and happiness, and we, we really leave health at the wayside. We don't take care of ourselves. We get sick, um, and we think the only way of getting back to you know, that equal level is getting back into work and working hard. But you know, I sometimes think when, when I hear these things, I agree with that actually, but I sometimes think that unhealthy is convenient. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, because you really have to work at being healthy. The funny thing is um, weight loss and fat loss is very simple, yet it's not easy, right? Your hormones are your dictators, right? And our lives have changed so much, right? We come from um, not working so hard to now working so much, right? And we can't just attack it in a movement standpoint anymore, right? We got to talk about nutrition. We got to think about your reducing your stress levels as much as possible, um, you know, you got to think about energy balance as well, right? So that's first, it, all these information that we get, <coughs> paleo, be fe- uh, flexitarian, vegetarian, vegan, it's all so confusing, but it's all just really to teach you how to eat less, right? And that's how we could be a little bit healthier, right? Mm-hmm. So when you, when you, approach these, these folks when they come in, you know, for the first time or second time, whatever, what kind of programs do you put them on to, I guess, help them achieve overall success in body conditioning or, or, you know, fixing themselves? What, what kinds of programs do you take them through? 
that help them. I guess ultimately the goal for me, you know, is as I work uh, in the gym um, multiple times a week is, you know, the, the whole mind-body kind of feeling better about myself when I leave my workout, which I do, mm-hmm. carrying that into my day. Mm-hmm. So I think twice not yeah. to pick up that cookie or not to do the this or whatever it is because I worked out hard. I feel much better. And I want to stay that way or stay on that course. So how do you kind of get people out of their bad habits and into much better habits? Because that's, that's not easy. So um, I like to tell my clients to not just put your 100% effort in your workouts, right? Um, think of your entire day. Think of giving little efforts here and there throughout the day in your food, in your sleep, in your movement, right? And it's not just about... Not sitting. So standing Correct. standing as well poses a different challenge, right? But learn how to go in and out of, of the movement, in and out of sitting, in and out of standing, you know. Um, so I, I get that, and I do a lot of that with my trainer right. in the gym as well. And, you know, it's really all about balance, and it's really all about, yeah. um, I guess, movement. And one of the things I find hard to do sometimes, again, we, we move and we walk and we, we do lots of things all day long. But I'm finding working out in the gym differently these days that I'm not moving correctly, and I'm not standing co- or coming out of a sitting position correctly or getting into a sitting position. And that's why I said earlier, I think um, – it's really convenient to be unhealthy. We get into very bad habits just with our posture, just with our, our own bodies. And then that translates into, you know, how we eat or the choices we make to eat. And I have and, and I've said to my trainer many times, you know, I feel much better when and, and I need to do a food analysis, you know, checkup, which I'm about to do, because I think sometimes when I put the wrong foods in my body, I don't feel well, Mm -hmm. and I don't feel clear, and I know it's got to have something. I'm not sick. I think it has something to do with whatever it is I may be eating or maybe eating too much of, So, and I also feel that that kind of drags you down when it's time to get on the floor and get those, you know, workouts, you know, much more successful, so there's a whole, you know... um, mindset to this and there's a whole strategy to it and it's it's when we say overall fitness a lot of people miss that point it really is overall fitness it's everything you eat it's everything you drink or don't drink it's everything you do by way of movement it's a lot of stuff but we have more to talk about we're going to come back right after this break but first you are listening to good morning new york on the voice america variety channel we will be right back Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at bluerealtygroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back. We're talking to uh, two physical fitness gurus here, Maria and Dennis. And I wanted to I wanted to ask about, you know, our modern lifestyle fosters on fitness. And we've, we talked a little bit about that in the last segment. Many technological advances are intended to eliminate physical exertion from our everyday activities. The car, the television, you know, we all sit down at a desk. When most people sit down at a desk all day long, they're kind of sedentary and not, you know, moving a lot. Um, we've become accustomed to other, you know, automated energy savers, elevators, for example, versus walking up and down a flight of stairs. Go figure. How many people decide to take the stairs versus the elevator? Probably zero. You know, computers, you know, big detriment. When you have some free time, what do you do? You're, you're cruising on the internet. You're looking at this website. You're looking at that website. You're answering emails. You're doing everything that sort of is, as I said earlier, maybe kind of lazy, whatever. Mm-hmm. What has our society become? First of all, and how do we, from a physical fitness perspective, you know, kind of help fix that? Because I'm, listen, I'm, I'm just as guilty. I'm in real estate, so I'm in and out, and I run around probably more than most people. But there's also a lot of time that I'm sitting in the office not doing very much. And it's kind of like I feel like, especially after gym days, you know, yeah. I feel I need <clears throat> to be moving or doing something. What have we become? I mean, what, what has a society become? Um, I think our society has, has had great successes, as you said. Uh, these technological advances are definitely uh, helping us uh, achieve great things. But a lot of times what we're doing is leaving our health to the wayside. Um, so, I mean, for instance, you could take a look at schools. Um, you know, we're cutting recess programs. So the time where we get outside and run and right. be able to get to exercise and, and learn patterns and learn how to move well, you know, we're limiting ourselves. So it's, it's happening at all fronts. It's happening with our kids. You know, it's happening with us on a daily basis. And uh, we have to attack it in some way, shape, or form. I, I find it, you know, I find it challenging, but I also find when I put my mind to it, and I think that's a lot of what this is about, when you put your mind to it and you decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to do it two, three times a week, whatever, and you just have to plan it in your day. Because, you know, all of our days get very crazy. They all get very hectic. Mine tends to work better when I'm scheduled. And I know I got to do this. I have to do this. I have to be here. I have to be in my office. I have to be in the gym. And if I add those gym hours to my week, it works much better. That's, and I think it just takes people time to get there. It's a plan. Yeah. It's a big plan. Yeah. So health is a natural condition. When sickness occurs, uh, it is a sign that nature has gone off course because of a physical or mental imbalance. The road to health for everyone is through moderation, harmony, and a sound mind and a sound body. What could you recommend that we do to work on the overall conditioning of sound mind, sound, mind, sound body, physically, m- mentally, I guess emotionally? Are there exercises that you put your clients through specifically to deal with that, or is it just an overall kind of balance of life? I would recommend... Lifting. Don't be scared to lift. Even I love women. To lift. Lifting does not bulk you. Okay. <laughs> lifting actually just um I read this from Dan John, I think. Yeah, Dan John. Um, the bigger your glass is, the more you can do. Right? The gla- the glass is a representative of your strength. The more you lift, the stronger you are. So he said, if you lift, you can eat your cake. <laughs> right? It's not licensed to eat bad, 
but I like it. I'll right? take it. Absolutely. But this is I love food so much. The mm. reason why I lift, one of the reasons why I love to lift is because I love food, right? And I have the ability to eat not every day my cake, right? But I could once in a while. You like sweets? I love my sweets. And my pasta. If you saw what she looked like, you wouldn't (laughs) believe she ever touched a sweet, really, because I don't really go for sweets, to tell you the truth. But I like food, too. I'm Italian, so you give me a good meal, and I'm going to sit down and eat it. Right. You have to earn it. You have to earn it. Wow, that's a good way of putting it. So, listen, we got a couple other questions, but I want to ask you about these videos, because Uh I said you work for a very big um, gym here in New York City, Uh, top uh, trainers, top performers, top tiers, as mm-hmm. as they say in in the levels of of training, and you've been asked by your company to to participate in these videos that are going to be, um, I guess, worldwide and U.S. wide. Tell us a little bit about those videos and why you guys were selected to do it, because I think it's a great thing. Oh, thank you, Vince. Thank you. Um, yeah, we've uh, done we did we've done two videos. Um, one we recently shot. We just shot it yesterday, actually. So we're a little sore today, but first they didn't even know that we were actually together. Fresh off the mat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but that first video was about a year ago, um, and it was really just showcasing uh, loaded movement training. Now um, that's something that's new to fitness. It's really about going long under load. A lot of times you go short under load. So when you want to think about that, it's like a bicep curl or an overhead press. You're going short under load. It's a short movement. Um, this allows you to get mass away from your body and really stress the tissue in a different way that allows your tissue to be more resilient, to, you know, give you, you know, that, that youthful look. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was really fun doing it. Um, what we did was, uh, was more of dance-like. So we kind of just, uh, seemed movements together and it came out very, very beautiful. Well, you know, you were called or, or known as the power couple. Yes, we are. <laughs> and, you know, if you, if you know these two, you can certainly understand why. But I asked the question, so, you know, how do you translate that into the video or into the movements? Because I've seen you guys work out uh, in the gym, and I can see that, the, the, I guess, the, the, the chore- choreography of your routine is in sync so yes. how important is that for, you know, your own bodies and then for how it translates on film? Because to watch you two, it's like watching, you know, a stage performance. And I was blown away. I haven't seen the second one. Obviously, you said you just did it yesterday, but the first mm-hmm. one was incredible. You know, how do you keep that that synchronization? You know, is it? Practice. A we lot approach of practice. A lot of practice. <clears throat> we don't approach our sessions as a workout. We approach our sessions as our practice, mm. Right. So we tr- we try not to <laughs> we try to I guess going back to the whole reducing the amount of stress in your life we try not to go into a workout having to want to puke at the end of the workout right or no pain no gain we don't believe in that strength itself is is um, a threat to the organism right so um, if you chase pain if you chase that guess what you're gonna get it. Right. And, and it's just it's a vicious cycle because it's just going to be that much harder to lose weight, to get better at your movement. You know, the movement availability is not there if if, you know, especially if there's pain and you're not going to be able to do the movements that 
the beautiful movements that you want to move to move effortlessly. Well, you know, like I said, I've observed it in the gym live. I've seen the video and it looks, you know, mm-hmm. it looks so easy, just like a lot mm-hmm. of other things in life. Mm-hmm. But going through it, I know it's not because mm-hmm. I, I know the routines that you do. Um, but it probably takes years of practice to, to get there. And I just wanted to ask you a little bit about the backgrounds because you came from, uh, Maria, from tennis and dance and Dennis mm-hmm. from um, football and track. What, what, what drove you to want to do this? Um, as a profession, as as a trainer, to help other people, I kind of liken it to being a doctor, where you know people who are hurting or don't feel well or need help come to a doctor for that. People who need physical fitness help, whatever, come to you as that. It's a very important, in my opinion, um, role in society. What brought you to want to do that and to to bring your expertise and your personalities and your calming effect to? this profession why did you do why did you choose this my journey started about 10 years ago when I was playing tennis and I just really I was a weak link I was I was really skinny I was tiny I was not strong at all but I really wanted to get better at tennis and my ex then was a trainer and a pharmacist actually and um he trained me and I hated training. And he would tell me, push, push. And I'm like, I am pushing. <laughs> you not <know>? enough. <laughs> not right. And I literally walked out of the gym and I just, because I, I hated training. I said, you're not going to train me anymore. Yeah. Until I got to a point where I said, you know what? It, it, this is going to make me better at tennis. And so I started doing it. And then eventually it got to a point where I'm like, okay, wow, I am getting better. And then I stopped playing tennis and that was a great transition because now I know how to work out. You know, I know how to move and I can make it a lifestyle, right? And then I was, I started out as a trainer that was a no pain, no gain trainer, right? And eventually I've met mentors who've taught me how to really pull myself back so I can teach my my clients a little bit better, right? And to teach about hormones and and, and life and, and make it more sustainable as opposed to, oh, it's a three-month program. Let's get into it, right, and work out nonstop. What about you, Dennis? Um, my life actually was pretty similar. Everything I did was for uh, football. You know, I was very, very involved with uh, sports. And, you know, like any kid out there, I thought I was going to make it to the NFL. So, you know, I worked very hard. Uh, it was interesting. I started eating different. I started um, – you know, hanging out with different people. And it was all this pursuit to, you know, perform better. And then when I got to college, um, you know, I, I decided, you know, this is not my path anymore. Maybe maybe my, my goal in life or my purpose in life is to, you know, help others get where I, I wasn't able to get to. So, you know, I started diving into nutrition and, and how that kind of works with the body. And uh, before I knew it, I, I landed a uh, internship with this uh, job in the city uh, as a personal trainer. And uh, before it, it then la- ah, later after that, um, I started working at Equinox. You know. um, so you guys are considered the best at what you do. Why is that? I mean, obviously, you've spoken a lot about what you believe in and where you've come from. But why are you guys considered the best at what you do at your at Equinox or in, right, in right. any physical gym situation? Right. Well, aside from our love and passion and um, for what we do, right, and the joy of training clients like you, Vince, <laughs> um, we, Equinox really pay, pays attention to education. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, they try to make sure that they put trainers out there that are quality, that they're good, they're educated, and, you know, they, they 
care about their clients. It's not just a session, right? And um, now that, you know, we have Tier 4 in our club and we've launched Tier 4, yeah, that's even better. You know, when I first joined over there 12 years ago, I think I'm living in that neighborhood, there wasn't Tier 4. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was a big difference between, you know, mm-hmm. 2, 3, and 4. So, you know, it, it's a good thing. We have a few minutes left. I want to ask you about a quote I saw on your company's website. It says, science doesn't uh, lie and neither do we. Our clinically proven approach is fueled by reality. The fantasy is where you come in. I loved that quote. Mm. What, what do you make of that? Um, I think it's a great quote. I think uh, what it's really trying to portray is, you know, fitness is, is not about what you're doing, you know, in the gym, you know, maybe two or three times a week. It's really what you're doing uh, in life, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's really what these standards that you want to hold yourself accountable to. Um, if I had to make it very simple, you know, Equinox runs off of MNR, Movement Nutrition Regeneration. Now at the Tier 4 platform, um, like you have, Vince, you set your behaviors that you think are realistic based on your schedule, based on your workload. So at that point, it becomes very easy for me. All I have to do is hold you accountable to those things. It's interesting because when I first started, and by the way, Dennis is my trainer <laughs> in the gym, <laughs> didn't want to go into that before, but... He is, and, and he, he's terrific. But it's interesting because the, the analysis, I guess the first session or two, the analysis, y- you wouldn't believe what they put you through to test your body and yes. to see what, what your condition is and, and what a potential he- you know, health issues you may have. And you know, I've, I wanted to do that, actually. And when I was going through it, I thought, wow, this is an eye-opener for me. It's, a, it's an awakening for me because you don't, again, you go through life and you just do your thing and you, you're busy, you're running, you're, you know, you're grabbing this, you're grabbing that. You don't, you feel good, you think, mm-hmm. but you don't really know for sure. And, you know, things come up in this analysis that you need to work on. And I think the way the, 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 um, the exercises or the, the workout sessions are designed as a result of those analysis, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. You know, years ago, I, I was members of other gyms and you just sign up for a trainer and you just meet them the first day and you just, they don't know anything about you and you just go mm-hmm. and work and it's like, ow, that hurt or wow, that's not good, you know? It's More. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting how, you know, a deeper analysis into the person uh, works. I mean, it really does. Anyway, we are running out of time as usual. Mm. So happy to have you guys here. Thank you um, so much. You will come back again when um, we can talk a little more about some of the videos and, and some maybe custom-tailored, you know, workouts that we can pass sure. on to other people in the real estate industry. One of the, you know, as I said before, real estate agents are always running, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they're running in the right direction. And some, you know... Mm-hmm. When I see people running backwards on the treadmill sometimes in the gym, I'm like, what are they doing? Why are you running backwards? <laughs> Maybe there's a science to that. And sometimes I think when we're out of control, we're running backwards, and it's not really good for you. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go to break. Dennis, uh, Maria, thank you so much for being here, an and honor. we will talk to you soon. We will be right back. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U RealtyGroup.com. Hi, I'm John Rainey, Chief Financial Officer of United Airlines, and I'm honored to be the National Chair for the 2000... Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back after a great segment with physical fitness trainers from the Equinox Gym. We are talking to Perul Brombat from Compass, Phil Horgan from LeaseBreak.com, Deborah Hoffman, Town Residential, and Niall Lundgren, also from Compass. So, good to see everybody. How are you? Good. 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 How's it going? Everything is good. Much warmer today. Well, it's much warmer today. You know, I said at the top of the show, we go from three degrees, one degree, two degree, two days ago to 55 degrees, 60 maybe, and pouring down rain. I don't know about you all, but I'm really sort of getting concerned about what's going on up there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't have an answer weather. for it, but yeah. I was going to say, now nah, let's go to one of those, uh, you know, Texas uh, conference rooms where they're talking about there's no global warming, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. But, it, it. but it's really, how do you do that? It's like, you know, even my dog is kind of like, what are you, the coat on one day, <laughs> don't know what to do, goes by the front yeah. door, it's too cold, she turns around, wants to come back in. That could be why everyone's getting sick, too. You know? Yeah, yeah, it is. The, the change in temperature is, yeah. is yeah. crazy for your body to adjust yeah. to. It's insane, and I'm trying to you know, not think about that because, well, I usually get sick in January, which I did, so it's oh. over and done with, and I ain't going to get that again. But when you, you see what the trainers about that, about getting sick with the temperature, and is it your workout? Is it your. I was waiting for that. <laughs> there you yeah, have give it. me an excuse not to work out. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm getting much better at that. Anyway, let's get started. So, Mayor de Blasio is throwing his support behind plans for a San Francisco style streetcar line directly connecting Brooklyn and Queens. I really laugh when I read the story, which would touch parts of the boroughs that have undergone rapid development in recent years. Uh, as expected, the cost is about $2.5 billion for the 16-mile streetcar route would follow um, from the East River in Brooklyn and Queens. Brooklyn and Queens. De Blasio will unveil the plan in the State of the City speech this coming Thursday. Comments on that? Do we need a streetcar in New York City and in it. Queens and in Brooklyn? You love it. I love it. Okay. Tell me why. Because, you know me, historically in New York, every neighborhood grew up around transportation. True. This streetcar line, I looked at where it was going to be going, is where we don't have good transportation. Absolutely. We're always complaining about there's not enough housing and all different price points. And I think this is exciting for the city. 
if Can we could say afford something it. though what i Go would ahead. love is instead of a street car which seems like you know and i usually like Touristy. very pre well i like pre-worry stuff i like stuff that's a little nostalgic but in this case like if you were to put it up to me like in my mind i see like a high-speed tron kind of situation it's like bring it into the new world into the future to me like make it like a fast train something more interesting than a street car well that's, that's what that's that, just me but see we, we're, we're thinking alike on that because i thought the same thing i'm like okay so this this slower kind of streetcar listen in San Francisco I love it I mean you get yeah. on the streetcar yeah. you're hanging off the thing I feel like wow you know I'm, I'm, I'm really participating in this now try that yesterday <laughs> yes but in New York we're always in a hurry and we always want to get there faster <laughs> yes, so exactly I don't see a streetcar and then I also think that it's going to become very touristy versus you know for those who need to get from point A to point B from Queens to Brooklyn whatever where there isn't Good transportation, as Deborah said, but I mean, I don't know. I just well, don't. The other thing too is the cost. It's two point five billion dollars, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. when they first, and that's just the initial cost, right? And when they first proposed a subway, right? Mm-hmm. What was that like fifty years ago? And it took like, <laughs> and then they started. They stopped. We can't even get like. There's so many subway plans that have been put on hold. Maybe we should first like get that straight, and then. <laughs> I, I will say, I think the idea is very intriguing, though. I mean, yes, it, yes, I, yeah. I do think it's very yeah. interesting, and I like ideas. You have yeah. to think bold, right? But look how long it's taken. Taking them to complete the Second well, Avenue subway, exactly. like all my life, right. I've been hearing about. Is this. it even completed yet? No. no. <laughs> well, we have well, actually, they're doing the stations now. All the digging is done. The tracks are laid. The tunnels are done. They're doing the sta- There's a little kiosk store that the MTA has on Second Avenue and I think 83rd, something like that. And you can go in, and they have little cameras and things that go down into the tunnels. You can see what's going on. And they actually have, I don't know how accurate it is, but a schedule. And what's been done, <laughs> what they're doing right now, what... Yeah. It's actually kind of cool to go in there. Well, I think just so. one other thing to, to kind of mention is that $2.5 billion is what Phil said is what the cost mm-hmm. would be. That's a fraction of what it costs to go underground, mm-hmm. right? So actually, you know, de Blasio's yep. well, that's very proposed true. plan is actually, even though it's $2.5 billion and it sounds like it's a lot, it's actually a fraction and it's going to be above ground. So you don't have to go below and then you just have to lay the tracks. So I think, you know, in terms of real estate prices, that will do wonders to the, to the you know, the front mm-hmm. that faces west towards Manhattan. It'll allow, you know, the, right now we have the G train, which is the G for the ghost train because it barely ever runs. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't even know where to find Find yeah. the ghost yeah, train. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The truth yeah, is, forget that yeah. one. I've been on that train side note. I've been on that train one time. And I was stuck underground for like 30 minutes, and then it just decided to go back in the opposite direction. <laughs> oh. I was like, I will never take this train again. <laughs> yeah. um, but this, this will do wonders to the waterfront, and I think it will it will incrementally you know, help out uh, prices, but you know, obviously not until it's done. But I think it's a great proposal yeah, right now. But even, you know what? Not only that, though, to Niall's <clears> point. Not until it's not done, as in in the sense that it's amazing how five years before something is done or potentially done, how prices soar in those neighborhoods. So hope is good for this town as well. You know? And also agreeing with Niall, and we're talking about San Francisco, I was thinking more about Boston. Boston's a lot colder than we are here, and th- most of their mass transit is technically streetcars, but they're really above ground mm-hmm. railroads, and mm-hmm. I think that's what it's going to turn into, and that's why I'm so excited about it. Well, it's sort of like the, the what do they call it, like the, the the light rails or the soft rails, like in, in Jersey City and Hoboken, oh. where, you know, mm-hmm. they're not really speeding down any tracks, mm-hmm. and they're sort of above ground, whatever. Listen, you know, I've been in this town for 33 years, I've seen it all, and I've heard <laughs> so much is coming, and so much did come, and so much is still coming, so you know what? I, I said, Okay, let, let's see what it's about. I, I love the San Francisco streetcars, but uh, uh, whatever. 
Let's see what happens. Moving on. Whether you're stuck in an apartment, I'd love this one too. Whether you're stuck in an apartment with a partner you can no longer stand or just tend to avoid dating anyone who lives on an inconvenient train line. Hmm. Happy Valentine's Day. You're <laughs> <laughs> We're getting to that. Your apartment situation affects most of your our loved lives more than we like to, to think about. So, And inevitably, some fights are more common and others are more avoidable than others. So how to successfully navigate the minefields of dating and New York's real estate market at the same time? How do we do this? Now, you know, it's so funny because the line that says, you know, dating somebody who lives on an inconvenient subway line or subway stop, been there. You know, it's like too far, <laughs> not doing that. Doesn't work for me. Whatever. <laughs> oh, those of us who don't live a- in New York City, um, it, it's just a, it's like a New York joke, you know, and like just the LA joke is, oh, how far is is the restaurant from me? Well, you know, give or take forty five minutes, depending on traffic. But mm-hmm. depending on traffic, that could be two hours. You know, mm-hmm. so in New York City, it's the same thing. It's like the running joke is, oh well, if I live on the west side and you live on the east side, this is just not going to work. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and you know, I bring this up when I read this story. I thought it was cute, and I, I bring it up because I've had clients who have had the same dilemma. My girlfriend lives here, I live there. My, you know, my this, that, whatever, and it's kind of like I, I'm deciding or trying to decide where to move. And I'm like, well, you need to decide that first before we start looking, you know, in, in the wrong directions. And then invariably you'll show the husband, uh, the boyfriend rather, or the girlfriend. And then the other one comes to see and says, no, 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 that's not going to work. It's too far from me. I can't commute to that. What are you, crazy? I live east. You want to go west and, and vice versa. So it's kind of like get on the same page. Figure it out first, and then we'll start a search, right? And I see this a lot. I was actually just reading an article about how in New York City, there's people move in together to save money more than they move in because they actually well, are ready to move mm-hmm. in, you know? Well, I was going to say on that point, like how often have you guys had clients that come to you by the time when they come to you, they're already living in a studio together. Have you guys oh, had that? Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I always find that so interesting, and you always make the joke, wow, you guys must really love each other if you could put up with each other living in a studio. But it's surprising how often yep. that happens, and usually they're coming to you because they got into that situation because someone's lease ran out or whatever, and now they're trying to get more space, you know? Yeah. You know, I had the complete but, opposite of that. When I was selling a new building in, in Midtown West, I had this couple come, and they were buying a studio, and I thought, oh, so this must be pied a So, of course, you know, you can't ask too many questions, but... I found my way to kind of get around <laughs> whatever and find out the information I wanted. And they said, no, we um, are moving into Manhattan from, I forgot where, and we want to live in a studio. And I'm like, well, okay, but, you know, I have one bedroom, as you can see. Also, <laughs> they wanted the close quarters and the the closeness, and they wanted to live in a studio together. And I thought, how sweet. Well, yeah. we're, <laughs> how sweet. But this one was like, you know, yeah. 402 square feet. Wow. Right. So I said, well, you know what? Did they do it? They did it. No, absolutely. And they're still there. I I have this couple, like uh, my friends were married with two kids at this point. And uh, I think they've been married for seven years. Um, They lived in a studio after, so they must have dated for maybe like eight, nine months, maybe a year. Then moved in together and for a year and a half lived in a studio and to this day they actually say that it is learning how to live with each other in such tight quarters and adjusting to each other and all that that's really helped their marriage for all these years that's so true and I just, sorry, yeah. I just wanted to oh, and one ahead. up that and you just reminded me that yes. I, I do I have a friend slash client yeah. who's been living with his uh, girlfriend now wife probably for five years in a studio and they had a baby a year and a half ago and so it's the two of them and a baby in a studio 
And they're living it, man. Yeah. They're doing yeah, it. I'm, I'm very Good impressed with all this, but sometimes you have something, people use real estate as leverage. For instance, in the building where <laughs> Niall and I did a deal last year, I want to do many more with him, but there was a smaller apartment. It was a couple moving in together. The woman had all the money. He had almost nothing. And they were buying it together. And you could see through the whole transaction, because remember, we discuss this quite often on this show, co-ops, you're intimately involved in their finances, mm-hmm. their lives, their dynamics. And I knew there was, there was something really going on here. And the other broker and I were saying, why don't we take bets to see how long this is going to last? Because it was really, and actually they moved out two years later. I didn't stay in touch. I was the selling broker and I really hated him. All I know is if I were going to be living in a studio with another person, there better be a roof deck or something that (laughs) can go and at least sort of amenities. (laughs) How about about a little uh, fire escape? Would that work? (laughs) Anything to kind of change the air, so to speak, and get outside. It's like so you can go somewhere and scream. (laughs) Something. It's like a real good gym. Or a real good gym. Yeah. Well, in this particular building that I talked about earlier, there's a beautiful gym. There's a courtyard. There's two rooftop terraces. So, I mean, there's plenty of places to go to get away from whatever you need to get away from at that moment. Um, I still think, you know, a one-bedroom for a couple makes sense. Close the door, go veg out, do your thing, and then come back. Anyway, we have to go to commercial break. We will be back in a minute. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back with the roundtable. Parul Brumbat from Compass. Uh, Phil Horgan, leasebreak.com, Deborah Hoffman from Town Residential, and now Lundgren also from Compass. All right, so here, on the heels of that last conversation and to Peru's Valentine's Day, just passed mm-hmm. on Sunday, Brick Underground put six New Yorkers to the test to see where their hearts truly reside. They asked, at this point in your life, and they didn't give anybody's ages, but at this point in your life, would you rather find your dream partner or your dream apartment? So 
I have the answer, and I oh want to see gosh. what you guys might think that answer is. Dream apartment or dream partner? It's so sad so, if the answer is dream apartment. Let's not worry be. about what's sad. What <laughs> do you think the answer is? Ooh. We'll go around the table. You first. But, is this, but are we asking, like, at this point in my life, or are you just— What do you think the six New Yorkers said? It's what the six New Yorkers, and they didn't tell us what age group they yeah, were. I mean, so I don't know. it really depends on who they ask, but I think it, it's probably split. Generally speaking, what do you think the the the, the response? You know average? what? I don't care if the answer is probably your <laughs> apartment, which it probably is your apartment. But I'm going to say true love. True love. That okay. should be the answer. Yeah. Well, not what this should be the answer, but all right, true love no, for you. No, that's what I think is the answer. Okay, that's okay. fine, Deborah. I believe that New Yorkers are optimists, but they're also practical. So I believe that they said dream apartment because as an optimist, that perfect person's right around the corner. <laughs> well said, well said. That's very well said, actually. Yeah. I, I mean, I was going to say, I unfortunately think the answer may be apartment. But the thing is, you have the best apartment, but if you don't have the right partner, it's not going to feel great. But if you're with the right person, even if you're in that studio you were talking about, you're going to be there with a the baby and really, really happy. Absolutely. So I pick, I pick love, too. Okay. Bill. Mr. Nile. <laughs> Well, I would have to say uh, dream apartment <laughs> is, is, what, is what the New Yorkers would say. Well, guess what? what? I, I like the what? diplomacy in Niall's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Niall is correct. All six people voted for Ooh, dream wait, apartment. So am I. All six? That's oh, incredible. Oh, wow. that's so all sad. six. It wasn't even five to one, four to two. All six it's voted for Dream Apartment. It's, it's a New, it's York, a New thing. York thing. That's exactly correct. Now, uh, but I agree with what Perul said. So... <laughs> Oh, no, you said, Deborah. I'm sorry. You you find the apartment, and then the dream partner or the dream person will will follow. And that's, I think, how we have to think sometimes. Uh, to, yeah. to, to quote George Carlin, of all people. Love him. It's like we live in a world where there's bigger houses but lesser homes, you know? And so I'm going to stick with mine. They went on to say, <laughs> apartments right. are forever. You know how they say diamonds are forever? Well, not really. Relationships are great when it's great. Mm-hmm. But owning a real estate, a piece of real estate in New York City is solid. And just goes up in value. I mean, <laughs> my perfect partner for life would also be great, of course. This is one person, but right now it feels like owning real estate is more important. <laughs> but also, if any of hey, you, you know, as I think many of us have, if you've ever sold an apartment that was a divorce apartment, mm. you see that the walls start closing in and yeah. it could be really bad. So, Pool's mm-hmm. right and Phil is right that when it's good, it's great. But there's the flip side. <laughs> There's a flip side, but you know, if I was posed that question, I would say, yeah, find the perfect partner because real estate, as an agent, you can always find the real estate. Real estate, yes. it's not like yeah. you can't find the real estate, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. for me, me, yeah. me, it would be the the perfect relationship, the, yeah. per- the perfect partner, whatever. And then maybe you find the perfect place as a result of that. Who knows? You Interesting build the though. Perfect place. You don't find the perfect. Well, that they better wow. better better said. Well you build said. it. You don't find it. But the thing is, you know, you um, everybody wants to be you know invested in in part of New York City, and that's great. But I think you know if we find other things in life, that's just as good. So anyway, moving on. With big apartments so hard to come by in this city, there's no shame in dreaming of expanding your own cozy unit into your neighbor's seemingly equally cozy space. So. You'll have to pay with a premium, sometimes running 10% or more, versus just going out and finding another apartment. And even then, it may not come easy, the Wall Street Journal reported. So my question to you all, and we've all you know been involved in this, how often do apartment combinations happen within buildings in this city, and how easy is it to buy and then combine? And we talked about Tina Fey doing this just a couple of weeks ago on the show where she bought the guy's apartment upstairs from her. 
same size apartment because stack on top of stack, and she's going to duplex it and make you know ten thousand square feet or whatever. How often does this happen in this town? Yeah, actually, you know what, Louis C.K. just did that in the West Village as well. Um, Sorry to hijack. I feel like I'm talking a lot today, but uh, we just did a deal. Now and I just did a deal um, where uh, a studio that couldn't sell for a million dollars on a different floor. uh, Mm -hmm. This one was purchased at 1.2 just because um, the owner wanted to combine and the neighbor knew that this owner really wanted this apartment. And so they just held out and held out for about a year and a half. Wow. And finally, I was able to get them to come together and make the deal happen. But with a, a, with a huge premium. Yeah, now, 20, now for, for the listening audience out there who doesn't necessarily, as we always say, understand co-ops or condos in this in this town of New York City uh, where everything has to be approved by the building and the co-op board, do co-op boards in particular sometimes have issues with combinations of apartments? Yes. And what does a person have to go through because when you buy the first apartment, you go through a financial scrutiny, you go through an undressing, as I like to say. Yeah. Um, does that happen a second time? Well, he, the thing is, is that most of the time, um, first and foremost, there's a how much work are you doing? How is it going to affect the building? That is really taken into consideration by the board. But even more importantly, actually, I mean, I just ran into this with uh, with a deal a couple years ago where um, where. The, where somebody wanted to purchase the apartment upstairs and duplex their place, and the building would not allow the duplex because with the two apartments put together, this owner would own so many shares in the building hmm. that it upset the way uh, then the voting process would work in the building. And that was their bigger concern. That's interesting. Isn't that one, crazy? Of, one of my colleagues just had not a rejection, but they were doing their due diligence, and they found out the building will allow side-to-side combinations, hmm. but not duplexes, because mm-hmm. of structure, mm-hmm. which I thought was, it was the first time I ever heard of that. No, I thought that, that was very interesting. Absolutely. Um, it, it, that is. In fact, I, I owned a studio, um, my first apartment here in New York City on East 72nd Street. It was a beautiful size, I don't know, 425 square feet in a pre-war, so it was a straight studio from from front door to, to window, kitchen on one side, bathroom on the same side. The studio above me uh, came on the market, and I was going to buy it, and I wanted to combine and make you know a beautiful duplex with my bedroom upstairs and a little office, whatever. And the building said no, just as Deborah said, because they they would allow side by side combination, but they wouldn't allow structurally, you know, putting a staircase and driving through the cement to do the second floor. So what did I do? I sold the studio and I bought a bigger apartment <laughs> because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Smart I liked man. the building, I yeah. wanted to stay in the building, and I, I couldn't do it. Let me ask you a question: At what point did you speak to the building about? Um, the duplex opportunity was it, but when you were negotiating an offer, very, was it before? Very good question because um, I very good question because I I lived in the building. I was uh, on the phone with the managing agent and the board before I even put an offer in, and I didn't put the offer in because they said no. I would have, um, but then I would have been stuck with the second studio. And what would I do with it? Yeah, and that and that's <clears> what you, you said your experience was as well, Deb. It was so it's, excuse you, me, you one speak of my colleagues, to the managing agent prior to even submitting what, an yes, offer. Yes, that's what my yes. colleague did. Okay. Because they were, they actually were representing the buyer, and they didn't want to pull out of a deal or get to the board interview and find find out it couldn't happen. Sure. So they had the seller who represented the apartment. So before you even agent. get into the the dance, you know, speak to the managing yes. agent. Beca- yeah, because I, I lived in the building, so I did I did not want to get into a situation where I had to pull back an offer or not sign a contract, mm-hmm. waste the seller. And this is before I was in real estate, so I was. 
you know, still sensitive to the whole selling process or the buy process, and I just didn't want to get involved in that. So the managing agent and the board all came back relatively quickly and said, we have a structural issue with that. If you want to buy something next to you at some point that becomes available, that's allowed. Well, you know what the craziest thing, though, is also that, um, what was I going to say about, uh, now I, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was going to say. Never mind. Uh, oh, that's okay. I'll help you. <laughs> okay, um, I'm, I'm being a little silent here because my I have so many things to say on this topic. There's mm-hmm. actually so many different ways to go with it. But no, I'll just say that one aspect of we it We have is, two minutes left, so I'll be I'll be 30 <laughs> seconds, hopefully. No, no, no. Go ahead. Um, no, I was going to say is that is why do people do it? And it's something that most clients, when they're thinking of upgrading, one of the first things they do is, can I buy the apartment next door? And why do they do that? Because they could theoretically save so much money and it's so much more convenient. Although the construction and everything, of course, is a lot of time and energy. But let's say you have a one-bedroom for, you know, that you own, it's worth 800000 and there's a studio next door that's going for 500000 You could buy just for 500000 you could buy that and create, I guess it would be a two-bedroom, right? If you have a one-bedroom mm-hmm. in the studio, you create a two-bedroom that's just like for that additional 500000 plus the construction cost yeah. instead of paying, what, another over $2 million possibly for a two-bedroom mm-hmm. and having to sell the apartment first, then buy another one, there's transaction costs, there's closing costs. So Absolutely. And, and just to move in and move out to another building right, sometimes with a family. The board, so we talked about how the board mm-hmm. could sometimes deny you based on structural reasons, but they usually won't deny you based on your own financials or for personal reasons because you've been living in the building for a while. That's Absolutely. A big, it's a big advantage. And what real estate agents like, and this actually did happen to me, one of my um, customers, clients, called me and said, hey, the apartment next door to me is um, going on the market and I want to buy it and I want you to represent me. Now, that doesn't always happen because knock, knock, next yep. door, inside yeah. deal. So when that happens, and it did happen to me once, I thought, Wow. <laughs> I, guess. I was kind of looking up there to see if something was going to fall down, but I, <laughs> it really did, nice and it worked. Anyway, we have to go. Unfortunately, it's been a, a short morning for the roundtable. That is Good Morning New York for today. Thank you for joining us. You can catch the show anytime on podcast or on our website, voiceamerica.com. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.